Welcome to the Best in Beauty podcast, where you can get inspiration and strategies to help your spa and skincare business reach new heights. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. Let's get this beauty started. Welcome to this episode of Best in Beauty podcast. I am so delighted to be speaking today to Patty Biro. Um, she's from Patty Biro and Associates, and she is an author. Um, a spa consultant, a spa cheerleader, a spa coach, and really has spent, you know, the last 25 plus years in the spa and wellness industry. And today we're going to be chatting about some of the top trends for 2023. Um, I was really kind of intrigued when I saw this list, and I am just so excited to welcome Patty. So Patty, welcome to Best in Beauty podcast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. Well, I'm glad to be talking with you. You know, I can talk about this topic till the cows come home. I mean, I just think this is, you know, that we could go on and on with these um, topics. It's always so interesting how the beauty industry has ebbed and flowed. There's always something new, you know, coming out. And I think that's what keeps probably you and I both so firmly planted in this industry. It's very dynamic. And I think there are some exciting new changes and shifting in values on the horizon. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to let everyone know that I did see you speak live, um, you know, post-pandemic. I saw you finally in person last year at the Aesthetics Show in Las Vegas. And, you know, you were presenting the trends for 2022 at that time. And I really walked away really inspired. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. So if you get a, a chance to see Patty in person, I definitely would recommend attending one of her speaking engagements. Well, thank you. Yeah. So let's let's not waste any time. Let's dive in yeah. to some of these trends that you're seeing for 2023 in the beauty industry in regard to spa, salon, and beauty. So the first thing you had mentioned was personalization or hyper-personalization, I think you called it. I did. And what this trend is about, and I think this has been growing for some time, but it's never been more of a focus. And this literally works for anybody and everybody in any segment of spa and wellness. And when I call it hyper-personalization, it really starts with a with assessment. Assessment has always been a big part or consultation before a treatment. But now we have tools and technology which can do skin assessments, hair assessments, whatever. And people really want their treatments, whether it's their hair color or a skincare regimen, they want that personalized to them. And so it begins with a really in-depth assessment, which then can also be used for tracking your personal skincare journey or hair growth journey. And then it moves into designing very personalized treatment, not just on skin type, but maybe your stress level, maybe your exercise level, maybe where you live in determining what kinds of treatments or products you need. So I kind of think of, of this as a triangle. It's assess, treat, repeat. Mm -hmm. And then and then along with that, it's also about really using that technology and those consultation skills to continue to tweak the regimen, adjust for seasonality. There's just so many great tools available to really deliver that personalized experience to people. And one of my favorite things, you probably heard this in one of my talks, is that I'm a big believer in using what I call 
a spa scription or a skin scription, mm -hmm. which is really mapping out for each individual guest the kinds of products they should use, how they should use them, how frequently they should use them, and really using that as a tool to increase retail, but also increase the opportunity for conversations around personalization. Now, I know spa recommendations or, you know, prescription pads have been around for a long time. And I think, you know, sometimes people get away from using those and you kind of get into your groove and you forget about all of these tools. But my question is, why do you think, you know, this year or even like maybe you know, this was a trend a little bit starting last year as well. Why do you think people are really looking for personalization all of a sudden? I mean, I know people always wanted a recommendation, but why is it, why is this trending? You know, what's your insight on why it's trending right now? I think people don't want to be put into boxes. If you think about kind of the old school assessment, let's just use skin as an example, where you had dry, oily, acne, or combination skin. Mm -hmm. People realize that there's so much more to them and what their needs, wants, and desires are, that they really want things that take into account what's going on in their life. And I think, too, part of this is kind of related to mental health. I think we all realize that our skin and our hair and our nails are tied in a big way to our emotional health and our physical health. And I think what we've been through in the last couple of years has made that a real priority for people. And I think that's where that's coming from. Hmm, interesting, interesting. And do you think that from your observations working with the spas that you know you currently are working with, do you see that they're involving, you know, like skin analysis tools? Are are people looking for that at this point? Are you getting questions about that? Absolutely. And also things like lifestyle and wellness questionnaires as part of, you know, perhaps using technology for a skin assessment, um, even using some tools that are out there for um, assessments that actually go a little bit deeper and involve maybe genetics or even blood work and working those things into kind of a 360 analysis of where you are physically, mentally, your skin condition, your hair, all of those things. Yeah, so interesting. And I'm really glad to see this trend because I think it is about time that it's not just so cookie cutter as far as recommendations go. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that kind of falls into the second topic, which is inclusivity, which I think is really interesting too. Can you speak to that one? Absolutely. And I think this is kind of a, a very logical offshoot of this personalization. And it's really getting away from cookie cutter treatments. And it's more than just looking at people's skin type or whatever. And it's really... Um, it's twofold. There's a greater emphasis growing on services targeted to men, services targeted to women, but also being inclusive. And by that, I mean being um, gender neutral, mm -hmm. addressing our trans guests, um, thinking about multi-ethnicity. Uh, in fact, I saw a recent, um, a very recent study that was done that said, our African-American um, population still feels kind of left out of the whole skin and wellness industry. Mm. And I think there's a real opportunity in being welcoming 
to all of these different potential guests and clients. And I think we need to step it up a bit because when, just for example, when I look at people's social media posts or I look at their website, I still don't see enough if they want to be welcoming, you know, pictures of gender neutral or gender fluid people. It tends to be still a lot of very attractive females and not necessarily a wide range of ages, ethnicities, and, you know, doesn't necessarily share that inclusive message that we welcome everybody. Yeah, and that's so important. I mean, me, myself, being a minority, I've always been maybe more hyper aware of that. But I think it is so important to see yourself in whatever, you know, brand that you're using to see yourself in, you know, whatever spa you're going to, it, it is really, really important. And I'm, I'm, I'm for one glad that that is becoming more on top of mind of people, um, you know, in recent years, I think that is so important. And I think just if you, if you're looking for examples, if you watch television at all, mm-hmm. the ads that are on TV today are very diverse and very inclusive. And I still haven't seen that level of inclusivity. And I think that I think that the spa and wellness and salon businesses are really offshoots of hospitality. And so if you if you take a lesson from our hospitality, brothers and sisters, they're welcoming to everybody. And you're right, you have to see yourself in those images and in the messaging to get the message that you are not only invited, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And so one easy thing that I think spa owners can do in relation to this would be to start with social media, because it's easy to find, you know, you could use, you know, um, eye stock images and find some diversity. What other tips do you think that people could possibly start to really implement this right away? Are there books or education resources that you recommend? Or how does one start that process to become more aware? I, I I really think you're you're right on target. Social media is, and you should start by looking at the images that you use. And if you if you um, have access to brand boxes from different companies, there often are videos and social media images. And I would encourage people just to go surfing and read some interesting articles about inclusivity in the beauty and wellness industry. I think you'll become very, very inspired. And actually, a number of the different spa, skin, and wellness shows are trying to develop educational presentations that actually give people tips and ideas on how to become more inclusive and how to do an assessment you know, not only of their social media and website, but also maybe in the way that they approach things within the spa. And I'll give you a great example. I have long been a believer that there should be an intake form, depending on how you identify yourself, there should be an intake form for women and an intake form for men, because men tell me all the time, they cannot stand it when they get to the intake portion that asks about pregnancy. Right. You know, it's kind of insulting. It's not, it's kind of like, (laughs) well, duh. (laughs) So I I mean, it can go from images to actually intake procedures and maybe tweaking those spa scriptions, um, looking at your products and identifying which are gender neutral or maybe better used for particular ethnicities or groups, kind of doing an assessment. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that those are really easy, quick little things to take a look at in your spa business today that can get you on the path to being um, inclusive and making sure that you are not missing a beat um, with appealing to all different types of people to come and enjoy your your spa, your services, and your products. Now, speaking of products, um, this one, this next topic really kind of blew me away. And it's about a movement, or I guess a trend in beauty that is moving away from clean beauty, moving towards effectiveness. Am I saying that right? Can you um, touch on that really interesting shift in our industry? Yeah, I think that we have been you know, really focused on green and natural and organic, all of which those terms mean different things to different people. But there's some emerging industry industry stats on this that people in terms of making buying decisions, and I'm not talking about in-spa protocols. I think that, you know, we have become more energy efficient. Uh, we recycle more. All of those things are not going away. But where it relates to products, what I'm seeing and what the industry is seeing is that this is less of a decision on when I'm going to buy this particular product. People are becoming more focused on, they want to know what the ingredients are, but more importantly, they will opt for effective ingredients. And I think that goes to the sensitivity that we want. We want results. We want, if we're going to spend $200 for a serum, dang, we want that thing to work. We want it to be effective. And so I think that, you know, maybe it's a choice now of effectiveness over um, terms which, which were always kind of fuzzy and hazy anyway green, organic, natural. And, yeah, I mean, it's um, not, uh, you know, those terms are not regulated by any one. No. Um, group. So it, it's so loosely used and it, it became more of a marketing uh, ploy than really integrity behind certain products. So I think this um, awakening of people being very savvy buyers and people really, again, probably thanks to social media and just more access, accessibility to information. I think people, you know, buyers are smart and they, I think you're right. They do want to see change in the skin if they're investing, you know, $200 in a, in a serum. Absolutely. And, and I think that goes for all of the products that we, that we recommend um, for our guests. You know, it, we want things that work. If we're going to invest the time and the effort and the money, we want to see a return on our investment. Penny, really quick, a little um, off topic here, but still on topic, I guess. How do you think, um, you know, you work with a lot of spa directors, you work with a lot of, you know, people in the beauty industry. How do you think people are finding you know, new brands, like where do you think that they're looking for information? I mean, you know, trade shows kind of went away for a little bit during um, the pandemic, you know, they're back, but I've noticed trade shows becoming a little smaller. So how do you think people are investigating or searching for new product just out of curiosity? I think that's a really good question. I think trade shows will always have a place in that, but with the growth of, um, marketplaces, you know, whether that's for retail products where there are wholesale marketplaces, 
I think how you kind of start if you're thinking about changing up a skincare line or bringing in something new is to really drill deep into your business, figure out who your top three categories of customers are, you know, by age, um, by work status, by ethnicity, you know, as, as deep as you can drill down and then go looking for just, you know, I think internet research is a good thing. I think the trade magazines have done a very, very good job in um, promoting brands and looking at indie brands and um, maybe even some older brands which have now rebranded or reformulated themselves to fit your particular target group. Mm -hmm. So I think trade shows will always have a role. I think industry publications. And then sometimes they're just, they're not, there are not enough hours in the day to go through all of this stuff, you know, all of these research studies and background. And that's when you use a consultant. Mm, okay. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about your services here at the end. This podcast is sponsored by Edgeless Beauty Pro, the distributor of the best in beauty, featuring Ultraceuticals, one of Australia's leading cosmeceutical skincare brands, now available in the U.S. to licensed professionals, real skincare, real results. Do you need a way to set your spa apart? Edgeless Beauty Pro offers Observe 320 and 520X, the latest visual engagement sales tool to empower licensed estheticians to give the ultimate skincare consultations and increase retail and service sales by 40%. Take your treatments to new heights. Edgeless Beauty Pro also offers Altair's Diamond Tome DT2 Skin Resurfacing System for skin rejuvenation and that superior glow. Okay, we're back and we are going to dive in, Patty, to one of the, you know, kind of a good um, end to this conversation, which is the return, thankfully, of in-store eventing, which I think has um, always been a mainstay in our industry and in the spa world. But I'm glad to see it's kind of really making a good comeback. Absolutely. And I've always called these parties with a purpose. Everybody, you know, (laughs) we're so lonely (laughs) and we're so looking forward to getting back together in groups and being able to socialize and have some fun and maybe learn something new and try a new product or try a new service out or, you know, see a demo of something we've been interested in. And in-store, in-spa events have always been one of the strongest marketing tools in our industry. And they are coming back in a big way. And I want to let people know, if you still are a little anxious about having really big crowds, you could have people book, you know, different slots so that you're controlling the traffic. But you can also do outdoor events, too. You know, if you're lucky enough to live in in a climate where you can do them all year, great. If not, do them during the summertime. But I urge people to really sit down and rethink what can they do to not only invite new people into their business, but also reconnect with people who maybe you haven't seen in a while and thank your loyal guests. I mean, it makes for a really fun party with a purpose. And when you do uh, an in-spa or in-store event, you should always have a very, very clear objective in mind what it is that you want at the end of the day in terms of you know, bookings, retail sales, new faces through the door, all of that kind of 
um, markers that'll let you know whether or not the event was successful or you need to tweak it for the next time. Mm -hmm. And obviously we know why, you know, in-store eventing maybe took a back seat in in recent years, but why do you think um, it is so important to not forget about in-store events? I think that, you know, sometimes um, people kind of just forget to do a monthly event and have it be consistent. You know, sometimes people just think quarterly or a couple of times a year. Why do you think consistency in this realm is so important to success of your retail space and growing your business? Well, I think that's really easy. You know, everybody's busy these days. Mm -hmm. So if you do something monthly, I may not be able to come next month, but if I know there's another event in March, I can put it on my calendar. I can invite some of my gal pals and, you know, it gives me an opportunity to reconnect with you. Before the pandemic, we really were urging this concept, kind of like what some of the coffee chains did. You know, you had home, you had work, and you had your third place, and that might be your local coffee shop. We were really urging spa and wellness businesses to get people to think of their location as that third place that they hang out. It's more than just dropping in for a massage or a trim or an eyebrow wax. We really want to have a relationship with those people. And when we socialize together, we reinforce the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Monthly is best. Yeah, I think monthly is best. And do you recommend keeping the theme the same each month? Like maybe, I don't know, an example would be, you know, you know, wind down Wednesday night, you know, whatever cocktails and skincare or whatever it is. I'm just giving a very rough uh, theme there. Do you think it's important to keep that like the third Wednesday of every month, or do you think it's okay to change it up and change up topics? You know, what, what's been your experience in that? I think the most successful is changing it up, like maybe a quarterly wind down Wednesday, but maybe one time do an eyebrow bar happy hour so that you're targeting different segments of your guest list. Mm, Okay, interesting tip there. And I appreciate that. And one thing that I really took away from your your presentation last year was kind of like your core statement, which is about your service isn't complete. Do you want to I'm going to let you lead with your Mm -hmm. kind of famous quote and I and I want to talk about that Mm -hmm. for a moment. Sure. I, I so believe this to be true, that a service any service. Any service is not complete until you make a retail recommendation. And the reason for that is really important. One, it shares this idea of, I I just don't care about you in this service. I really want you to be happy with the service. But if you make a retail recommendation, retail products extend the benefit of the service. They enhance the benefits of the service. They make for a happier guest between services, which can lead to some really great reviews. And it really shows the person that you have a personal interest in their hair, in their skin, in their, you know, in their body, whatever it is. And then it gives you an opportunity to reconnect with them to see how are they doing with that retail product? Did they enjoy the service? And we have to keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. So yes, there, every protocol, every treatment should end with a retail recommendation. 
Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of that. And I think that is such an important takeaway. And speaking of recommendations, so if people are looking for maybe some help in their business, how is a spa consultant such as yourself and your company, how, where do you step in and how is that important? Well, I, I have a couple of areas of focus. I'm a, I'm a retail guru. Uh, I'm an independent retailer as well as a retail consultant, but I also do a lot of work on um, development, development of new services, um, attracting new groups to spas and salons. Um, I do some consulting and marketing, and I work with a number of other great consultants whose specialties are in things like bookkeeping and financial planning and those kinds of things. So there's there's a there are areas. I mean, we all have our areas of expertise. I would say mine is in concept development. Um, retail operations and marketing. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have ways that you can get in contact with Patty if you would like more information on what she does. And I definitely encourage you to um, keep her on your radar if you are attending some trade shows. Are you going to be speaking anywhere coming up in the new year? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to kick off the year in New York at IECSC New York. Then I'll be in Vegas this summer and I will be in West Palm Beach in October. Amazing. Well, I will definitely see you in Vegas, Patty. And I definitely would love to have you back on the show. Like I said, we just are really scratching the surface here with the trends. And I'm sure we could talk for hours about some of your suggestions to really, you know, make your retail space, you know, even better. Perhaps we can have you back for that. I'd be delighted. Oh, well, Patty, thank you so much and cheers to a successful 2023. And thank you so much for being part of the Best in Beauty podcast. My pleasure. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would like to continue the conversation, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. If you would like more information on Edgeless Beauty Pro and our brands, please connect with us at edgelessbeautypro.com and get our education and event calendar. Sign up to get connected with one of our account executives to see if our brands are a right fit for your business.